Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRER. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Gehring. And you're not just Alex Gehring. You are Alex Gehring, Kansas Realtor Salesperson of the Year for 2019. Hey! I am so excited for you. <laughs> Thank you like, so much. Like, it's really like you're kind of like hitting your stride here. Oh. You got the Kansas City Realtor Salesperson of the Year. Or just realtor, we just call it Realtor of the Year here in Kansas City. You got the Realtor Salesperson of Kansas. You're like, you're on a Got a new house? So, yeah, Realtor Salesperson of the Year in Kansas City as well. I did get a new house. It's true. Yep. Um, that has nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> but you're having, your 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 things are going it well for you. It has been quite the year. It has been quite the year. And this one was it was great because it was actually a surprise. Um, and the last um, one wasn't a surprise. It it was a surprise, but this one was like more of a surprise. Okay. Um, and because uh, I didn't like for for local, you kind of know when somebody's nominating you. Right. You kind of have a heads up on this one. I had no idea that it had even happened right. at all. So it was not on your radar. It was not on my radar. So I didn't bring like a tie or anything. And so somebody like, hey, dude, you need a tie. And they like mm-hmm. made me dress up when I wasn't expecting it. Did I you people, think that like, was taking, weird? Yeah. I was like, why is everybody being so strange? But like, they were they weren't pushy enough for it to feel like it was like. Right. Had it, you gone to this awards ceremony in the past? Yes. And worn less than dressy things before no not really but okay. you don't always wear a tie like, right you don't have to wear a tie to but this i'm just event. thinking like if you hadn't it's been to the event quite... before and someone tells you to dress up you're like oh i just didn't know but you'd right. been to the event before you knew what to expect true and yeah. you're like hmm uh, yeah i thought it was maybe and but then and anyway so then they cut me off on oh. drinking oh so oh. i had had can we talk about drinking <laughs> yes, on this we, podcast is that acceptable we are over we're, 21 okay, i am well over 21 so we are good to go so i'm about three glasses of wine in and perry was there perry okay. croom was there right. and he goes well do you, do you want another cab and i go well yeah sure that's not what perry sounds okay. like it was a horrible perry impression <laughs> but perry's an encourager like, <laughs> yeah and i go sure of course and so he gets up and then cindy cunningham comes back and instead of cab I get this pink crap. I can't figure out what in the world's going on. And they gave me cranberry juice. Just straight cranberry juice. Just straight cranberry juice. Not even mixed. I take a sip of it. I go, this is cranberry juice. What is going on? And Cindy was able to convince me that it was just like her casual, like, oh, I don't know why he poured cranberry juice. I'm sorry. And I'm too nice to be like, I don't want to drink the cranberry juice. So I sat there and suffered through drinking the cranberry juice. And you are a Canadian, they, I swear. They just knew. They knew I wouldn't question it, and I would just deal with drinking <laughs> the cranberry juice. And Jeff and Cindy and Perry had this whole thing orchestrated. So yeah, that's that's how that went down, and it was it was it was fun. It was their family there to surprise you? No. Oh, okay, because like in Missouri, like we get other person's a... whole family, and oh, yeah. they walk in no. with yeah, okay, okay, okay. Not in this case. It oh. was just uh, none of my family knew. Oh. Yeah. Oh, they didn't even like. No, oh. I like in Kansas City. They uh, my family. Missouri, knew we alert the family because I knew when Andrea won. Yeah. And like I had to get her husband and her daughter and right. everybody there, and there was like even like a like I think even the husband like questioned like is this really like a, a big thing? And I'm like no. This so you have to be you have to come to this so like in missouri we totally notify people no come on kansas get it together get their families there anybody. so I, I texted my wife and i was like did you know about this and she's like no yeah, what like, what are you talking about what's going and on? she wasn't really happy that i left her alone with an 18 month old for days days yeah um amber we're gonna have to get a camera to record this because my reaction to him telling that story was <laughs> classic i couldn't laugh because it would pick up on the mic but yet that was awesome 
It was. I loved you telling that story of just that they're cutting you off and you have to drink the cranberry juice because you're nice. Bobby, I thought that I had offended somebody. So I started getting worried that like they gave like, because I thought it was, I was like, oh, it seems like a stretch. Right. So she kind of convinced me that, but at first I thought that maybe I had like said something inappropriate and they were like. time to shut it down. Yeah. Okay. Alex has had plenty. Like it's a long night ahead Mm -hmm. and and I thought they were just shutting me down. Did they allow you to have some more after you accepted your award? Oh, plenty. Plenty, yeah. okay. I mean, I don't we're know. If you, we, we, us realtors know how to party. We do know. That's what always aggravates me is, the, you know, especially I founded the Missouri YPN a few years ago, and, like, that was the thing was just, oh, just the YPN just want to party. No, realtors just like to party. We know how to do it. We get stressed out, and we know how to just go to the That's other true. side. But That's true. Let it go. Got to know how to do it. So, Alex, it's October. It is October. What happens in it's, October? It's like the end of October. Like, how is this happening? Where did the year go? Oh, ghost. <gasps> That's supposed to be spooky music. It was spooky. Huh? I liked yeah. it. Your 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 ghosts. I don't do very good. Were, I don't do very good at this, guys. <laughs> no, it was, I'm not. It was good. good. I thought that, I thought it was a little too good. Oh, a little too good. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The, let's go. The with ghost that. moans were a so, little strange. Yeah. So, do you have like any source? So, you have an 18 month old. So, do you guys have any Halloween traditions yet? Did you have Halloween traditions before? You know, um, and it, this might make my family sound weird, but I kind of grew up watching horror movies, and Halloween was like a big deal. So, even when I was really little, like watching Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. and Jason and all the all the old timey scary movies, yep. old timey from the eighties. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but they were so they were they so were old timey. Oh my gosh! Yes. And, and so I grew up watching all that stuff, and it was awesome. So it was yeah. my dad and I, and th- th- that was basically the tradition. And then I remember when I was four, um, crying all of my clown makeup off <gasps> because I wanted to be a scary clown, mm-hmm. and my mom made me a cute clown. Oh, no. And I was PO'd. Right. And she did not allow me to go trick-or-treating. <gasps> so I cried all of my oh. face paint off. Because you were an ungrateful child? Yes. <laughs> Good censorship. I'm using my words. I, I wanted to be a world. scary clown mom. So here's why I don't think your family's weird. Is we're already showing those movies to my seven year old. There you go. So Good. I'm, yes, this is, this is a part of it. So when he was five, he went as Chucky. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, no, this actually goes back a little bit to when he was three and a half. Uh, we were on vacation at Universal Studios. We were eating dinner in Bubba Gump's, and um, my son had somehow found a Chucky parody video on YouTube. It was a funny Chucky video. So it was not, he was not watching Chucky at three and a half. I swear to everyone. A but funny it, Chucky it was video. A, some Chucky getting off a bus. It was some parody thing. But we're just sitting at dinner. He's three and a half. All of a sudden he picks up a butter knife and he goes, I am Chucky. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I am Chucky. And I'm like, I have a video on my phone. I will show you when we're done recording of him at three and a half being, I am Chucky. Ah. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on right now? I and love so, it. So we've, we are a horror flick family we go all out for halloween we are known as the people in the neighborhood with the inflatables okay <laughs> so recently we were, we're trying to get a new internet service in our uh neighborhood so i've been door knocking it's great for real estate as well and uh, i've been door knocking telling people about this and they're like well where do you live and i tell them like oh you're the people with the inflatables 
Probably about 15 people have said that to me. <laughs> so we are known as the inflatable people and we put all kinds of skeletons and all kinds of fun things out in our yard. We really go all out for Halloween. That's, I think, our holiday. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. So do you guys get dressed up as a family? Have you guys done any like family Not, costumes? No. Sarah and I have never, uh, I think in college, I went one, I, I don't really, we just kind of stopped after my mom wouldn't let me be a scary clown. Mm-hmm. I dressed up as Ron Burgundy. Okay. And she went as Black Swan. <laughs> Because it was that that was the era, that was in, yeah. And uh, it, it 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 so no no like, you know, right. It wasn't. We weren't trying to make a statement with it. Got you it. Know? Okay. Yeah. Um, we we typically we've started the last few years as we walk around. We do our, our there's 625 homes in our subdivision, so okay. We don't really need to go very far. We can only do about a quarter of our. We got plenty of candy. We're good. So the last few years walking around our neighborhood. Um, Actually, I'm going to go back to a story in a second. Um, as we walk around our neighborhood, we've started dressing up with our son just to have a little bit more fun. So yeah. Like last year, I was a Fortnite character. I was a cuddle team leader because I was a team leader at Keller Williams at the time. So it was kind of funny. Like there was a character called Cuddle Team Leader and yada, yada. Anyways, but it's funny because uh, we've been in our house for four years. Five years ago at Halloween, we were walking around and we saw the house we now live in for sale. And we started, t- people were asking about that house. And I was like, yeah, who would want to live there? The backyard. Da, 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 da. I now live in that house with the backyard. <laughs> but it all stemmed from walking around at Halloween. And then my husband being like, you know, I really do want to go take a look at that house after all. So you can sell houses even while trick or treating. There we go. That is yeah. a good story. Mm-hmm. So in the spirit of October, we have a very special KCRER staff member that's going to come join us for this episode. What's going on? Can you tell on? us about Justin? Do you, I do you, know, you don't anything about I don't Justin? Know, All right. I don't so, know Justin. So Justin is a systems administrator here at KCRER and Heartland MLS, but he also has his very own team of paranormal investigators. What? Yep. So he's going to come in for a conversation on he has haunted his own properties. Team. Team. Own paranormal team. He's not a part of a team. Investig- he has his oh, own okay. team. Wow. Just again. I'm so excited. Do you have any paranormal encounters and you know, experiences? Uh, most of them can be traced back to Alexa just saying weird things in the middle <laughs> of the... I There there was like a few weeks ago I was sitting down and she'll say like, if she goes offline for a second and comes yeah. back on, she'll mm-hmm. go, hello. And yes. it happened in, while I was watching something that was kind of creepy. And I just hear this, hello, behind me. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I swore a little bit. Um, which we're not allowed to do on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> it was, I have to remind myself regularly. And I turned around sharply and it was just Alexa. So it was just, fine. It was just Alexa. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. It, you know, I, I feel like I've had like a few random things happen, but I, I remember very vividly when I was a child, right after my dad and stepmom got married, my stepmom told me the story of the place she had just moved from before she moved in mm-hmm. with us. And she had nothing but crazy ghost stories from that house. Like the TV would turn itself on in the middle of the night. The yeah. fans would turn themselves, turn themselves off. And it was right across the street from a big factory in town. And it was known that a lot of workers had lived in those houses along there and, you know, died over the years. And so she always had really freaky stories. And so I was just always like, please don't bring the ghost with you. See, I had an experience like that, too, with my mom. So my mom, the home that she grew up in, mm-hmm. she was convinced it was haunted. Okay. Because there was this little boy named David who okay. died of cancer in the home. Okay. Um, and... Uh, and that was just known, and they knew it when they bought the house and everything. But the uh, girls in her family would get their feet tickled <gasps> while they were sleeping. Nope. And they were just, she was, I mean, and they were just convinced mm-hmm. that it was 
David, and they still are. Like this is not like a, this has not okay. been de- been debunked. Right. But as a child, I my mom made this mistake of telling me these stories. Right. And so. I think some children would have heard those stories and would have been like, oh my gosh. And then they would feel like tickled. Uh-huh. So I laid awake at night and I'm like, okay, somebody going to tickle my feet. <laughs> and then when nobody tickled my feet, it was like Santa Claus, like right. realizing Santa Claus wasn't real. I just wanted my feet and I was like, a ghost. I, nobody tickled my feet. Dang it. Just It was Rude. all a lie. Rude ghost. But really, they still believe it. Yeah. And then it's, yeah. They, it's, I, every Thanksgiving, I have to hear stories yeah. about- well, David, the foot tickling ghost, <laughs> and it's. A, I hope my mom's not listening because she's gonna think I'm making fun of her family. But they like to talk mm. about ghosts. They're okay. into it. Oh, like and it. ghosts and death. Right. Yeah, de- de- death and death general. and ghosts. <laughs> my family, we like to talk about bodily functions, so it's fine. That's good. Yes. And that, well, my and in-laws. Death is, what is death yes. but a bodily function? It's true. It all goes together. We have gone full circle. Wow. Okay. <laughs> do you want me to do my book bit? Yeah. <laughs> my book bit. <laughs> Bobby's book bit. Casey, you really didn't put in the effort. I didn't. (laughs) All right, so now it's not a funny book. I did try to find some ghost story uh, realtor book, and there there is a open market for that. So anybody, if there's an open market for that, if you have any ghost stories and you think you should write a book about it. Totally. There's, I think we can make you an Amazon bestseller. So we're going to go far from that. And we're going to talk about The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I probably totally screwed up his name, but whatever. It's totally spooky. (laughs) So The Power of uh, Habit is a very, very popular book. It's been atop of Amazon bestseller list for like 120 weeks running or something crazy like that. But it helps you understand why habits are at the core of everything you do how you can change them, and what impact changing them will have on you, your life, and even society. I mean, changing your own habits could have effects on other people. It could be a ripple effect. So my favorite quote from the book is, the difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. Ooh, that's deep. Who you are and who you want to be is what you do. So you have the effect to be who you want to be. So there's three takeaways. Um, Habits work in three-step loops. First, there's the cue. Then there's the routine, and finally there's the reward. Um, So roughly 40% of what you do every day is just done on autopilot. You don't even really Mm -hmm. realize you're doing it. Your body's just going and doing it, and there's no brain power involved in that whatsoever. So first there's the cue. That's what triggers you to do a habit. So let's say we talk about having coffee every morning. Your cue in the morning is that you sit at the table to have your breakfast. Okay. So then we go to the routine. That's the behavior that you auto engage in. That's just getting up and turning the, the coffee machine on to a large cup or whatever. You just auto have it. I'm going to hit the button. It's already ready to go. And then the reward, that's what you get for completing your routine. That's the smell of the coffee brewing. That's my favorite part of the coffee, actually. <laughs> then there's mm-hmm. the taste or the steam coming up out mm-hmm. of that cup. That's your reward for completing that routine. So you can, the second takeaway is that you can change your habit just by substituting one part of the loop which is your routine everything else stays the same you just change the routine part so the way you could change that is you switch out to decaf you still get the coffee you still get the the reward but to make yourself healthier if you want to get off caffeine if that's your your vice I don't know why you would ever want to get off caffeine that sounds like a horrible thing but maybe you have to the way you switch that up is you just switch out to decaf you're still completing that loop of cue routine and reward you just sure. change out what that actual routine is and then the third takeaway is your most important habit is your willpower and you can strengthen it over time in three ways 
first, you have to do something that requires a lot of discipline. For me, that's going out and running a marathon. Okay. I can't just go run a marathon. Yeah. I have to put the training in. I have to develop the habit for doing the running on a regular basis or else I can't get there. Secondly, you need a plan for the worst case scenario. What happens if I don't complete the habit? And then you, the last one is preserve your autonomy. Your autonomy is your sense of control of your own time. When you're assigned tasks by someone else, your willpower muscle tires much more quickly. When I buy into the task I'm giving myself, I'm going to go do it. Right. If you say, Bobby, go do this, I'm going to be like, screw Man. you, Alex. I don't want to do it. Or right. I might do it yeah. for a minute, and then I'm like, I'm over this. I'm out. So that's the power of habit. That's it's cool. a great book. That's great. All right. Let's go bring Justin in. Let's talk about some ghost stories. Let's do it. Let's do it. Water bottle. Oh, where'd you, like you this? get the water bottle at? That is really neat. I love it. It's like <laughs> my favorite thing. People ask me about it all the time. It's my metal ombre realtor water bottle. And I got it at the Realtor Merch Store here at KCRER. The Realtor Merch Store. Have you not seen the Realtor Merch Store? Well, I thought they just had signs and stuff. No, 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 no. They've got all kinds of amazing things out there. Things that like you didn't even know you needed. Like what? Like there's this um, keychain that's got 32 gigabyte uh, flash drive just right there in the keychain. Oh, that sounds like a great and closing it's gift. It's shaped like a house. Wow. So There's all kinds of blingy pins because we know realtors, they're very high eye. They love their bling. They love to have all that. There's a pepper spray in case, you know, you need to, you know, take somebody down. Smart. Yeah, very Smart. safety. It's yeah. not Realtor Safety Month yet. However, that's going to be a really good item for everybody to have. Let's see. There's uh, the St. Joseph statues. Have you ever heard about the St. Joe statues? No. Okay. So it's actually something I've seen work over and over again. It's this little statue that you bury in your yard, I believe, at dusk. And then you say, uh, say a little prayer. It's non-denominational, but it's Catholic. Um, you bury St. Joseph and you say a prayer. And then supposedly your house sells very quickly afterwards. And I can tell you multiple times, I've had houses that sit on the market for forever. We bury a St. Joe and within the next week, well, all of a sudden we have a contract out of nowhere. All I have to do is bury a statue of St. Joe and my hardest listings will sell. Yes. And the Realtor Merch Store can do that for me? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's the level that we support our Realtor members at. That's amazing. I love it. It's so, so where much can fun. we find the Realtor merch store? It's located at the KCRER Leewood office. Awesome. Yeah. Well, next time I'm around, which I guess is right now, as soon as we're done yeah. here, we're going I'm, shopping. We're going shopping. That's You've it. got to show me around mm -hmm. the merch store. And I'm going to buy some of those St. Joe statues. We're going to sell all the listings. There we go. All the listings. It's going to happen. Sell it. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. Bobby and I are sitting here with Justin Gann. He is an HMLS systems administrator and a member of the Missouri Paranormal Society. And I understand that you have your own team of paranormal investigators. Yeah, we uh, we used to have a pretty full team. Um, I'd kind of retired that team, but I'm pulling it back out of retirement right now. Um, there's been a bit more interest, so right now it's my fiance and I and a couple of my friends that have volunteered to help out. But yeah, the goal is to uh, to get a, a team formed here pretty soon to be able to go out and start investigations again. Awesome. So what is it that you do? Uh, primarily, our goal is to try and debunk what we can. Um, okay. You know, we try to take at least a pseudoscientific approach to things, um, but mostly it's like helping families like feel more comfortable in their house when they think some something's going on. Um, but yeah, once we've debunked everything that we can, then kind of whatever we're left with, we can present that as you know potentially uh, evidence as a, as a haunting. Interesting. 
That sounds like fascinating work. Do you know what I'm thinking that over here, really, Alex? What? I'm kind of hoping we can get a camera and we can follow along and we do like a video live with I, them. I just want him to go into my mom's childhood home <gasps> and see about David. You need to tell him about David. He doesn't know about David. <laughs> we'll fill it's him fine. in later. <laughs> David was a ghost who liked to tickle children's feet. It was, oh, yes. It's fine. Yeah. So what kind of places have you investigated? What's... Mostly it's been private residences. Private residences. Um, okay. It was just kind of here and there. I mean, we would travel uh, around Missouri. I did a couple out in Illinois, um, one or two out in like St. Louis, um, a couple in Kansas. Not not too terribly far, but um, we also ran the private tours at the John Warnell House Museum here in Kansas City. Oh, cool. We did that, I want to say it was like from uh, 2008 to like 2012, so about four or five seasons for them okay and that was a lot of fun wow have you ever worked with a property that you truly felt was haunted uh well i was just talking about the john Warnell house museum yeah. and i Tell would me. say that as, as many times as we were there and all the tours that we did absolutely there's i would say each time that we were there we got something that was uh on audio i never really got anything on video but we definitely saw something or definitely heard some things uh, on audio like every single time that we were there, uh, be it with if it was just our team or if we were doing the public investigations where we had people from the community come in to do that along with us. It was very consistent. Wow. It's like, what kinds of things would you hear? Uh, one of the most common ones that we got, uh, we called the Whistler. Okay. It was uh, kind of how it responded to us, uh, just kind of let us know that it was there. Um, sometimes it would be a little uh, like sing-songy, and other times it would just be like, uh, like trying to like get somebody's attention, like that kind of whistling. Um, there were also a lot of uh, footsteps, like disembodied kind of footsteps that we would know, like there's nobody upstairs. It's a very small area in like the carriage house. Um, so there's nobody up there. We've got audio recorders to kind of rule out. And I mean, you could hear it walking across the floor. Um, those are probably the two, the two main ones. We would also get uh, different disembodied voices, um, but we never really had a lot of consistency. It seemed like there was a lot of different uh, possible entities that were up there. Wow. I want to go. It's <laughs> creepy. I know. It's, so it's a very cool building if you ever get the chance, even if it's just a daytime tour for sure. So I, what are our laws concerning uh, disclosure of potential hauntings? So, you know, uh, most laws regarding, you know, um, hauntings use the, the stigmatized properties, which mean a home could have where someone was murdered or someone took their own life or there's been paranormal activity has been reported. But neither Kansas or Missouri have those laws in place that mandate you have to disclose those. So mm. that's just the, one of those things, whether someone wants to go above and beyond and report that or not. But, right. Justin, have you ever worked with um, someone who, you know, maybe – didn't know the house was haunted when they bought it and now they're they've moved in and they're hearing things i think that's usually the case with a lot of people you know it's not one of the things that i would think is on your checklist of of things to right. not want in a home that you're thinking of right you know you look for like <laughs> rot or or bad plumbing or a, a wiring issues i which... have worked with buyers who specifically were like if i get a weird vibe in the house i'm out out like, and they're very serious about hauntings. Mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah. Weird. Now my fiance, on the other hand, she would be way on board to right. find a haunted house. But yeah, right. I, I think, I think generally speaking, it's one of those things, you know, people, people move in, uh, especially with a lot of older homes around here. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of history, you know, like Battle of Westport, Civil War, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then they live there for a while. Maybe they start renovations or 
you know, what, what have you. And then over time it, it becomes more than just like a coincidence. So that's when they would reach out to a team and just try and figure out like, Hey, you know, is, is there really something going on or is it all in our heads? And that would be one of our main objectives to go in and help again, rule out what we can and right. then whatever we're left with present it as a, well, we couldn't find an explanation, but here's what we found. Yeah. I just, I just like, this is like, Alex and I are like little kids in a candy shop listening to you right now. Like, like we've really enjoyed a lot of our guests and some of our very best friends have been our guests. And yet we're just like, totally just like soaking this up. Like, I'm just like, almost like, just, just tell me more. Just tell me more. I love it. Um, so what do your clients typically do if you find out their home is haunted? Do they hire a medium? Do they want to move? Do they want to stay there? Different people react different ways, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the the reactions vary all the way across the board. Some people, you know, are, they don't want any part of it. They want to get rid of it, which that's not that's not what we're there for, right. my team. <laughs> we're there just to kind of help provide a, yes, there's something going on. No, there's not really anything going on. Here's, here's the mundane explanation. But, you know, some people are okay with it. Like, they just want to... They just want to confirm that there is something there. And at least, you know, once they know they're fine with it, now they can just be like, oh, that's that's whoever that is, like, that walks down the hall. They name Every it. once in a while. Yeah, sometimes David. they provide David. a name or, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's that's one of the things they try to get us to do during an investigation is maybe to see, you know, if there's a name so that they can call it by, by their name. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's how we usually kind of approach it, you know, when we're doing an investigation is to try to talk to whatever may be there as another person. Right. Because the thought is that it probably was a person at some point. So, you know, why why treat them any different? Right. And that usually elicits a pretty pretty open response to to things that are able to respond. So that begs the question, if you're not the person that takes care of it if they don't want it, who are they gonna call? That is kind of, you know <laughs> Bobby loved that. <laughs> up to uh <laughs> Job. I'm proud of you. Yeah, that, that's kind of up to them, really. You know, if, if they want to get like a medium to get more in in touch with yeah. with the entity, mm-hmm. or if it might be like a religious thing for them, and they need, they want to go talk to maybe like somebody at their church. Um, it really kind of varies. There's there's more like holistic things, like get, you know, getting like a, a smudge stick, some sage, and, and sort of right. cleansing the house yourself, or having somebody come in and do that. There are people that provide those kind of services, and it really just sort of depends on on what you're comfortable with and what you're what you're interested in, in pursuing. What's the creepiest thing you've ever encountered? Oh man, that's, that's actually a really good question. I have not come across a lot of really creepy things. There were a lot of things that made a creepy sensation. Okay. Um, but most of those, almost every single time I was able to rule that out as just a high electromagnetic frequency, Mm -hmm. um, which can cause those kind of sensations of, of paranoia, uh, or like somebody's watching you. Interesting. But um, there was one time where I was doing a, an audio session, and we had our flashlight set up for like a yes/no response, turning the light on and off, and it was it was very like rapid succession of a lot of questions answered, and then like uh, a sensation of cold. So that was probably the most like direct kind of contact I've ever really had with anything. Um, I'm definitely not like a sensitive, I'm not, you know, empathic or anything like that. So for me being extremely skeptical and trying to take a scientific approach to have that kind of response was creepy and also kind of exhilarating at the same time. So can you explain your scientific approach a little bit more the way that you analyze things and then go back and look at it? Because you've referenced that a couple of times. How do you go back and look at that and... So uh, that's an excellent question. To start, like uh, in, in most houses, I would probably take my EMF uh, detectors, the electromagnetic field, just to kind of rule out those things. Um, you know, the common 
you know, I feel weird or this room makes me feel odd or, um, I, I feel like there's always kind of a ringing, like in this section mm. of my house. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that can really just be, I mean, faulty wiring and things like that. As you get exposed to high levels of EMF over time, it can really start to mess with you, like your brain waves and things like that. And your, your body and your physiology react to that. Um, I feel there's like a lot of discussion about that right now is like 5g becomes a, yeah. a bigger thing there that is. people are considering and being close to power lines. Well, I'm just also just having like stuff. a stranger things moment over here with, you know, with the love and being ex- electromagnetic fields. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. You're looking at me like, have you not watched stranger things? Only the first season. <gasps> the rest of it got a little, well, I am totally uh, not even your friend anymore. Okay? Oh, no. I just had a birthday <laughs> party with that. It's fine. It's a good thing I didn't tell you my Halloween costume because you wouldn't understand it because it's from season three. It's fine. I'll have Go to ahead. get caught Sorry. up. No, it's no, fine. No, you're good. So we usually try to try to get our baseline readings with that first and okay. foremost. You know, go around, check the walls, check the floors, check the ceiling. Uh, there was one house I did where, I mean, the whole house was just, it was terribly wired. And, I mean, they didn't know that until right. I'd come in and, and really checked it all out. But nothing was grounded. Everything was, like, reverse polarized. I mean, the whole house, like, Normally, an ambient reading would be somewhere on these meters between like zero and say maybe up to like a three or four or something okay. like that. Everywhere in this house is like 10 and above, Ooh, sometimes wow. in like 50, 60, 70 range. And that's just, that's too much for a person to be around that consistently. And, and so this is why way. we always get a home inspection, everyone. Yeah, I, I very much recommend that they have a, an electrician come in. And I don't know if they followed up on that or not, but that was, that was my, that was my big suggestion was there's really no reason for me to continue investigation. Like right. you need to get the wiring in this house checked out. Cause I fear it could be a fire it's issue. It's a bigger yeah. issue than anything that's paranormal. Which, yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> Having a fire in your home, I feel like is a lot more urgent than, right. you know, maybe a benign kind of something floating through your house. Sure. So besides the EMF, uh, then we use, uh, we do sit up like uh, infrared cameras to try and capture anything if there's like a some sort of physical manifestation, light, dark, that kind of thing, uh, you. That may seems hear like people, the most rare thing you would see. Is that accurate? From my experience, yeah, I maybe only one time saw something that might have been sort of like a shadow, uh, like gotcha. a shadow person, shadow entity, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, a lot of people mistake uh, orbs, which is really just like dust particulates and things like that, to be spirits. Um, so, I mean, if you watch any of those shows on TV, that's something that I know some people get really hyped about. And that right. I would always try to help it's people understand close to the lens. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. You know, from the infrared light or from another light source. Yeah, something's just causing that to illuminate a little bit. Um, but we would try to rule all of those things out, um, everything to like squeaky floorboards, uh, leaky faucets, maybe weird sounds from duct work and things like that. Any, any way possible that we can try to rule things out, we would do that. Um, you know, we'd bring in like, uh, radios to kind of talk to each other from room to room just to be like, Hey, I'm going to walk across the floor. Like, tell me what it sounds like down there. Um, really anything we could, anything we we could think of we would try to do and then um you know we would also try to ask questions out loud you know if there's somebody here with us can you let us know like can you knock uh on a door can you tap on this table can you move this ball can you turn on these flashlights to just to try and get some sort of way that that if there is anything there to try and respond to us and let us know that there is something there um and then also with the with the audio recordings uh, you get what are called electronic voice phenomenon, where you might not hear it in person, but you go back and listen to your audio, and it actually picked something up. Hmm. So it's key that when you're doing a question and response type session, mm-hmm. you leave plenty of space after you ask a question, because it's thought that you know it's much harder for 
an, a being of energy to kind of respond in any kind of way. So sometimes it takes a little bit to get going. Interesting. So I was going to ask what the flashlight test was, but you basically just there yeah, got to yeah. that. That's so you just ask questions, see if that if the flashlight turns on, turns off. Right. Or? So uh, you know you can take like a mag light or something okay. like that, where you just kind of turn it to where it's it's just barely off. Okay. And you know we would check it out, make sure the table's not going to like allow it to roll and mm-hmm. that vibrations aren't going to turn it on as best we can. So we would have a couple maybe side by side sitting by an EMF meter to try and correlate fluctuations on uh-huh. the meter with responses with the light and have an audio recorder going too. Uh, but so we'd usually turn the lights to where they're barely off and ask them, you know, yes, no questions for yes, turn it on or for no, leave it alone. Um, it's going back to my, my kind of creepy experience. That's yeah. where we right. got like, it would turn it on for a yes. Ooh. And then I'd say, okay, now go ahead and shut it back off so that we can start fresh on the next question. It would and it turn would. off. Oh and gosh. it was like four five, six of these in a row, which that was a lot. Normally it's like, you know, you might get one or two and that can always be attributed to a fluke too. But yeah. that one particular residence was really interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> Have you ever had anyone hire you who's really, really hoping their house is haunted? Yeah. I mean, some people really, really are hoping for that. Right. Um, again, my fiance. Like I was going to say, like a fiance. Yeah. Um, and, you know, nine times out of 10, it would be, you know, you go into a house and you're able to just be like, no, I'm sorry, but this is really what's going on. Right. Um, but yeah, some people really like knowing that there's there's something else going on in their house. It, it kind of separates, you know, their their house maybe from somebody else's. Sure. And it, it's it's right. a weird thing. Uh, you know, people like to be unique, so yeah. I get it. Yeah. Justin, what haven't we asked you today that we should have asked you? What have we just totally just missed because we don't even know to ask? Oh man, um, I don't know. It's such a broad. It's such a broad subject. I want to know what your favorite horror movie is. Oh, this is important. Oh, favorite into like what degree though? Because there's like favorite like cheesy and there's favorite like this seems like it could be real. Favorite this seems like it could be real. Yeah. That's a really good question. I would have to say the Paranormal Activity series to a degree is over the top, but they're like when it's earlier on in the movies and you're just kind of getting going with that. There's just like barely that, something. Happening. Yeah. There's yeah. just a little bit like they, that's when they start like hearing things and they maybe kind of notice things out of the corner of their eye right. or like something has moved that, you know, the camera caught that they didn't see. That seems more kind of the, the experiences that I've, that I've had or have right. encountered versus the, you know, people getting drugged down a hallway and like, sure. Right. You up get into an attic. And yeah. Yeah. Like, like a minute, like hour and fifteen into the paranormal activity movies. Right. At that point, that, that's kinda... where it's kind of reached critical mass for me. But I mean, it, it's that it's the part leading up to it. I think those movies do do kind of a good job. I, with that. I always like those. Probably my favorite along these lines mm-hmm. from like recent memory mm-hmm. is definitely the Haunting at Hill House oh. series a, on that Netflix. That is an excellent one. It I was really good. Totally like far, right. you know, along a little far fetched. It's, it's more like hour and 20 minute into, into the paranormal activity movies, but it's really good. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree. That's, that's a, that's a really good series. I think up until you get into like the kind of the final episode and yeah. things really start getting crazy, but yeah, it's more of the subtle things. I would think that's, that's really kind of the more common finding uh, on places that are what I would consider actually haunted. Sure. Yeah. Well, Justin, thank you so much for coming in and joining us today. This yeah. has just been – I mean, we could do this the rest of the day, but I've got <laughs> feeling we all have other things we need to be doing. Um, but if any of our listeners want to reach out, you can find the Missouri Paranormal Society. You can reach them on facebook.com forward slash M-O-P-S paranormal. 
I'm not going to spell that out for you. It'll be on our Facebook post. <laughs> Amber, there you go. All right. Thank you, Justin, for coming in. We no appreciate problem. you. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, you Justin. Do. You too.